This is a Federal News Network podcast. After nearly three decades as a civilian with the Air Force and most recently as Deputy Chief Information Officer, Bill Marion has followed a familiar path. He's now the Managing Director of Growth and Strategy in the Defense and Intelligence Practice at Accenture Federal Services, and he joins me now. Bill, good to have you as an interview in your post-career. All right. Thank you very much. So tell us, what are you doing at Accenture? Give us the broad picture here. Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, just uh, getting to learn Accenture, frankly, as a transitioning executive, you know, there's a lot of things that very similar on the federal space, but a lot of things very new on the Accenture space. So learning the businesses first and foremost. But one of the big things is just getting to know the senior executives and all the technical portfolios, all the business portfolios, and really trying to just orient, uh, you know, kind of the vision and mission that Accenture has back to the DOD and the federal space. And you've probably found what a lot of people that have followed from military service or civilian service in the military into private industry, that when you get into large organizations, the similarities sometimes outweigh the differences. Absolutely. And and frankly, one of the reasons that I joined Accenture was their ability to scale. I mean, they are a global leader in the tech business. I think the Air Force, the Army, the other folks in in the federal side are very similar. So there are a lot of similarities with respect to scale. And frankly, in the DOD space, scale kills. It's it's really tough to scale IT at massive scales. And that's frankly one of the reasons I joined Accenture because of those strengths. Yeah. And uh, one of the things you're working on is the whole idea of human-centered design and user experience. And I always thought that when designing software or designing any kind of user interaction, whether it's for your own internal users or deployed to the public, that the idea of the user center is kind of inherent in what you're doing. So when you distill out this idea of human-centered design, what does it really mean? And how can agencies approach it? And how can companies help them get there? It should be more intuitive than it has been. I I would argue the the government's been really good about putting humans at the center, but not humans at the center of design. So what I mean by that is we put a lot of people into business processes. We put a lot of people into, quote-unquote, making stuff happen versus really putting the usability, the user experience, the business processes, the workflows, and then you think, you know, things that they were really leading on and things like robotic process automation, artificial intelligence, machine learning, reimagining using design studios to really take that experience to the next level, I think is really what human-centered design is about, is really putting the human and how they want to work and not saying, here's the business process in the government, here's the person you go talk to, stand in line, work through that. So there's a lot of facets to it on how you do it. Imagineering, design boards, all those things. But fundamentally, it's getting with your stakeholders first and foremost, not as much the quintessential build a requirement for the next year, try to get it perfect, go through all the implementation and then hand it over to the user. It really almost flips that whole paradigm to say, you know, I'm going to work through this with the user first, then kind of imagine with them and design with them how it should work. And if someone is an agency, say, is designing a new system, a new interface to do some, maybe a new program, but they're using old existing logic that might be in a hard program system from decades ago, do you find that the low code and no code methodology coupled with what you might have done in that design studio type of concept can marry the two systems so that you get something that works, but without having to do a lot of reprogramming, even though you've done a lot of redesigning? Absolutely. I mean, we we see, and I've, I've seen a lot of it even in my, my short term in the ERP space, which people think, you know, is quintessentially, you know, legacy. And it's it's really not. I mean, it's your logistics, it's your financials. Those things will transcend time. 
but how do you put design in front of that, bring mobile interfaces? If you think of a COVID environment where that interaction has got to be even more seamless because you can't go walk into a help desk or into a service center. So I think putting the design in the front of an ERP as an example, it may be considered quote unquote legacy, but you can put new interfaces and new ways to interact with that tool to mine all the benefits of the ERP, but also provide an experience that's actually what they expect to see from an iPhone or, or Surface app. We're speaking with Bill Marion. He's former Deputy Air Force CIO, now Managing Director of Growth and Strategy in the Defense and Intelligence Practice at Accenture Federal Services. And let's talk about the COVID response for a moment. It seems that it has really affected every agency, to say nothing of the contractors, and this effect is ongoing. What are you hearing across the government in the short time you've been at Accenture? What are customers generally needing from industry with respect to operating in all of this uh, pandemic? Well, certainly the collaboration space, uh, you see multiple news articles, CVR, the collaborative virtual environment that the DOD has been implementing. I will tell you at Accenture, we live on teams. I mean, it, it allows us to connect in ways, unfortunately you can't get to necessarily personal like you used to, but it's, it's a very personal touch. You can bring teams together. So that whole collaboration space has continued to go like gangbusters. As we talked about human-centered design, I think we see more and more of that, again, with these large-scale IT systems. How do you put that human-centered design, that design studio look in front of systems? Because frankly, again, it's, it's going to be more and more remote, so we have to remove the seams. And the last thing I would say is nothing has slowed down in this business. I mean, if anything, it has absolutely accelerated all the digital modernization. I kind of joke with my wife that anywhere from scanning the menu at the restaurant I mean, that's an IT system, right? Something's got to scan, recognize, do all the back-end processing to deliver that menu into your restaurant. You're going to see those kind of use cases as tactical as it is over and over and over inside the government. Of like when I go and see an airman or a, a soldier for a task, it's not going to be that. It's going to be some kind of IT modernization initiative that's going to be in front of that. And I get the strong sense from many quarters that this is maybe going to settle back a little bit in terms of percentages of people remote and so on. But basically, this new model of a bulk of people or a substantial part of everyone's workforce being remote is not actually going to go back to normal with maybe 5 or 10% of people teleworking. That's your sense? Absolutely. I would agree. I know what the exact numbers are at the end of the day, but I think we've always seen in tectonic events like this, it will not go back to quote unquote normal. It will be a new normal. You know, even 10, 20% of the workforce not returning back to your traditional work center will have anything from real estate to workflows to business processes. So I think no matter what happens, whether it's closer to 5 or 10% or closer to 30 or 40%, again, from our space in Accenture, I mean, we're seeing continued digital modernization emphasis because it is the new normal. I think we're going to look back and say, it's just like the industrial area. This is going to be the COVID area that's going to change the way we fundamentally interact and, and work together. Which brings up the idea of the digital workforce, which is a term I've heard and uh, you used it. I'm not sure exactly what it is. Maybe you can help us. Well, again, I, I, I kind of joke in my own personal life, you know, everybody's got an iPad or a Surface or, or something from a two-year-old to a hundred-year-old individual, right? So we have permeated hardware, that touch and feel, that easy user interface in every spectrum of society, Right. What I would call the digital workforce is then extending that into the, what I would call the, the software side of that. Do you have the analytic skills? Do you have the coding skills, the low code, no code kind of capabilities? Do you have design skills, right? Because everything we do in, with respect to the digital workforce is being able to code in R or Python to go into an application and mine the data that we're trying to build that at simple AI or ML app. 
So it's really transcending those digital software-like skills. Again, it doesn't have to be, you have to be a coder, you don't have to be a, you know, a cybersecurity guru, but what are those core digital framework skills that need to go across the, the whole, honestly, the whole of the United States, right? Everything we do is gonna be more and more digital. Like I said, when you go to the restaurant, you know, do you know how to scan a QR code and then be able to mine the menu out of it? And then, you know, only a step later is gonna be push on your menu item, pay your bill, at a very basic level, being able to do that seamlessly, you know, we're, we're not there yet uh, across all facets. Yeah, I'm still trying to get my 99-cent coffee to register on my app so that I get credit for having three cups and I can get my free one at a couple of times. So a few gaps here and there. And uh, just getting back to Bill Marion for a moment before we wrap up here, now that you have growth uh, in your title, that sounds like you might be seeing agencies, you know, to make sure that growth happens. From the perspective you have now in the private sector, what do you wish you had known when you were on the government side, now that you are a contractor, how to best deal one side with the other? The biggest thing I've seen on the industry side that I would love to see in government is that the fully enabled collaborative processes. So I, I think one of the, again, one of the strengths of Accenture, we're a matrix organization. We bring strengths from across a global organization. We don't really do that well inside the federal space. We have tons of expertise and strengths across federal. We don't do a good job of really mining it and connecting it. And so, you know, I, I talk about ways of working or wow. I, I think Accenture does that really well. I mean, it's just the core of how we operate as a global firm. Being able to kind of transcend those thoughts and processes in the federal space, because ultimately it's collapsing decisions, it's making better decisions, it's mining the experts in your organization. And we'd still do that very hierarchically. And I think the new tools, again, I think COVID will force this, a new way of collaborating and bringing teams together that we've never imagined before. All right, a silver lining. Bill Marion is the former Deputy Air Force CIO, now Managing Director of Growth and Strategy in the Defense and Intelligence Practice at Accenture Federal Services. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. This episode is sponsored in part by U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card. You're the boss of your own life, but are you the boss of your own finances? Here at the Jordan Harbinger Show, we don't shy away from real-life conversations, and of course, one of the most taboo topics is always finances. U.S. Bank offers a wide range of credit cards for a wide variety of financial needs, and one of its most useful cards is the U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card. With a low introductory APR for 20 billing cycles, this card is a tool for getting ahead. The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card is a savvy financial tool for large purchases, unexpected expenses, and balance transfers. And with the ability to customize your payment date, this card gives you control over your financial future. Apply now at usbank.com slash platinum. With the U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card, have peace of mind for all your financial needs. To see if you qualify, visit usbank.com slash platinum. Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. Some restrictions may apply. Hi, I'm here on USPTO. It's almost the end of the year, and if you don't put me on a timesheet, I will be gone forever. Use me or lose me. Let's get away. It's getaway time. Get our best deals of the season on a new Hyundai. It's your journey. Own every mile at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now, get 0% APR for up to 36 months, plus zero payments for 90 days on select Hyundai vehicles. Hurry to your local Hyundai dealer today. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offer ends 1323. Call 1-562-314-4603 for complete offer details. As fall fills up with activities and obligations, even a small time saver can feel like a big help. Grammarly is an all-in-one writing tool that makes clear, concise communication easier than ever. 
so you can finish your work earlier and head off to family dinners, social events, and fall weddings. Grammarly is free to download and works where you do, so every project gets finished quicker. Make sure your writing is free of mistakes with Grammarly's free, comprehensive writing suggestions and get an instant take on how your message comes across with the free tone detector. Let Grammarly Premium's Sentence Clarity Rewrites help you find the perfect words on the first try. You'll be confident writing client emails, deadline-driven reports, and presentations without staying late at the office. Get more time back in your day by writing with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcasts to sign up for a free account. Then get 20% off when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium. That's Grammarly.com slash podcasts.